Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is... Gameonesis, a.k.a. Janet Garcia. Yo, what's good? Janet, would you rather Platinum Spider-Man oh 2018 or Platinum <laughs> Spider-Man Miles Morales? Ooh, um, I would rather Platinum 2018. Well, do I, ha- do I have to do it or do I just get the Platinum? You have to do it. You have I have to, to actually do it. Yeah, oh, I'd rather do Miles Morales is shorter. And also I want that to hang out with that cat because I didn't do it. I mean, even, even though you got to play through it twice, you, know, you don't have to do that for Spider-Man 2018. Yeah, but 2018 is longer, um, and I think it is more useful to have the newer one more fresh in my mind because it's, like, not a, not a direct progression, but I think a lot of the ideas and mechanics and things would, would be more pertinent having, like, Miles fresh in my mind versus Spider-Man 2018. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going, I'm going 2018. One, because I've already gone through 2018, <laughs> and so I know what the platinum entails, and like, I know I can do it. Miles Morales, I know I can do it as well, but that's a platinum that I've been trying to get, and I'm just too lazy. I don't know what it is. I think, I think partly it's the different trophy list is the fact that they made me play that game twice. That kind of threw me off. But then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting at the precipice of getting that platinum now, and I was describing to you right before the show the crossroads that I'm at, where all I have left is cleanup. Right, I just got 100% the game, do all the side quests, do all, do all the shit that's remaining, but I am sitting on two saves. I have my original save from my original pre-New Game Plus playthrough that is probably about, about like 80% done, but then I also have my New Game Plus playthrough that has a more improved Miles Morales Spider-Man because I got all the upgrades in that one. Um, I have like, you know, there's some trophies that are like get 20 wall takedowns and I've done more of them in the New Game Plus one, but... In terms of percentage, I'm sitting at 70%. And so I'm like, ooh, do I go the old save with 80% or do I do the new and improved save but start from 70? Chat, I think still let me know. The new game plus, I think, is what we landed new on. New game plus? Yeah. I think, I think so. that's what I'm going to do. Because the thing is, Spider-Man games are fun anyway. And like, it's not like I'm going through long-ass Witcher quests. These are just like, you know, regular missions. Damn, Witcher's just missions. catching a stray for no reason. <laughs> no, I mean, I love, I listen, I love them Witcher quests. But it's like, you know, that doing a Spider-Man mission compared to an RPG side quest, this is going to be shorter. And like, they're more replayable. And it is, yeah. turn off my brain and then beat up a bunch of villains. Throw them exactly. off buildings. All the stuff you do with Spider-Man. But, Janet, enough about that. We got a lot to talk about. Things like Jason Schreier's scoop on GTA 6, Jason Schreier's scoop on KOTOR Remake, and more scoops because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us. We get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with 
the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you. A new kind of funny games cast is up right now and is the crew talking about our time playing Roller Drome and whether or not we could ever get a video game MCU. Uh, that is up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Gordon McGuire, and all tribesmen. Today we're brought to you by me, Undies, and Chime, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Starting with our number one, Grand Theft Auto 6 details have leaked. Uh, The original report came from Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. I'm going to pull from Joe Scrubbles at IGN just because Joe's write-up is a little bit more succinct. Um, But I do recommend if you guys want the full story with all the details, which of course we're going to break down still, uh, go over to Bloomberg, give Jason Schreier uh, the click and read through that. Uh, But to start with Joe Scrabble's story, again from IGN, GTA 6 will reportedly feature a female playable character in its campaign for the first time. Rockstar apparently plans to launch the game with a single city, but add more locations over time through updates. As part of a report on Rockstar by Bloomberg, sources close to the studio discuss the new female character who will be Latina. The character will reportedly be part of a pair of bank robbers in a story influenced by real-life criminals Bonnie and Clyde. The report also indicates that the launch version of GTA 6 will begin with the with uh, fictionalized Miami and surrounding areas, presumably a return for Vice City, but will be updated with, quote, new missions in cities on a regular basis, end quote. That launch version apparently already includes more interior locations than any GTA game previously. Per the report, the game is codenamed Project Americas due to its original plan to include huge territories based on North and South America, a plan that was scrapped in part to reduce crunch for employees. Sources say that the developers on the game are skeptical about predictions for a launch between April 2023 and March 2024 due to multiple changes on the team and bottlenecks in production. Some developers are even said to have quit due to a lack of progress on the game recently. Developers on the game reportedly expect the game to be at least two years away and say that no firm release date has been set internally. However, much of the report focuses on progressive changes at Rockstar in recent years, including a more inclusive office culture, a focus on reducing crunch, a removal of abusive managers, conversion of contractors into full-time employees, and a restructure restructure to improve working conditions. Morale is said to be higher at the company as a result, and one source told Rockstar, or sorry, one source said Rockstar was, quote, a boys club transformed into a real company, end quote. The report also points to a more progressive mindset at the company uh, in narrative terms, too. Bloomberg says that a mode called Cops and Crooks was shelved before uh, before release following the 2020 police killing of George Floyd and has not been reconsidered for release since. The company is also focusing on making fewer jokes in GTA that punch down at marginalized groups. Uh, That's the end of IGN's article. I want to shout out uh, Nibel for some additional uh, tidbits, right? Uh, Some of the changes at Rockstar that have happened since 2018. And as a reminder, 2018 was when a lot of the, uh, a lot of talk happened around Rockstar and a lot of things surfaced in terms of the work culture at Rockstar and the crunch culture at Rockstar and all that stuff. There have been quite a few changes since 2018, including uh, more producers uh, to help uh, avoid crunch, uh, schedule changes, conversion of contractors into full-time employees, removal of abusive employees, new mental health and leave benefits, and staff is more flexible with their time. Janet Garcia, GTA 6 is the next, next big whale in gaming, right? The next 
Cyberpunk, the next big game that we're all looking forward to, right, of that scope, the next unicorn game, as Tim Geddes would say. We have a lot to dig into here. I'm going to let you choose where you want to start. Um, maybe get... <laughs> I feel like this is a dark place to start, but I just know that this um, report probably launched a thousand shit thumbnails of GTA has gone woke, like it's got, you know, is it going to be ruined by whatever? Um, I, I kind of just want to start there just to get it out of the way, because I think, like, I like the language in this kind of um, follow up on this report that Scrubbles uses talking about the idea of not punching down on marginalized groups. And I do think that you can have a gritty in parts satire violent every all the things that we've come to know and love from gta you know going there stealing cars killing a bunch of police officers and then scrubbing the save so that you don't have to lose the weapons and the things that you got like that's how i spent a lot of my time in gta and i think you can maintain that without having some of the cringe moments of um I think going back and playing some of the old GTAs, it's like, hmm, I forgot this was in here. Like, I kind of mm. wish this wasn't in here. I don't think it needs to be in here. So I like that idea. And I do think um, kind of that conversation around the cultural changes there, it reminds me a lot of, like, unfortunately, sometimes when you have companies that make art that is a little bit, I guess, more pushing the boundaries, you can unfortunately hear a lot of times where that culture is also sort of toxic. So I like that they're kind of took a step back and, and assess things. And I like that this kind of comes from the people creating the game. Again, people always want to talk about letting, you know, artists do their art. And like, this is what they want for their product. Like, this is what they as a team have wanted in terms of the game that they're making and the way they go about making that game. So I kind of just wanted to start there because I know, and we'll still get a, a million comments like that. And I'm sure that'll still be a part of the conversation in a dark sector of the internet. But I think it's important to try to be, look at the full picture of what this means um, for both the people making the game and the game itself. Yeah, yeah, and I'm right there with you. And I think for me as somebody who has played GTA a lot growing up and sees the same things that you see in, ter in terms of, uh, you know, you go back to certain GTAs and you hear certain jokes or certain bits and it's like, wow, this is this is definitely mid 2000s or this is mid early 2000s in terms of uh, tone and writing. Video games have evolved so much in the last couple of decades and the kinds of stories that we're getting and the um, the quality of writing that we're getting nowadays, I, I think has superseded anything that we got uh, that we had back in the day with where gta started to where we're at now and even what where gta 5 was in 2013 i even look at red dead redemption 2 and that is a game that you know i i, I never fell in love with but if i could shout out anything from red dead redemption 2 it would be the quality of the writing i think there's a lot there in terms of how they um, drill into the uh, characters and kind of get deep with character motivations, like how those characters express, right? The writing of it, how they how they um, uh, portray the, the Old West. There's so much there that is very impressive. And I think there's so much there that could evolve into and help make a better GTA. Um, you know, there was, a, there was a quote years ago from, uh, it might've been one of the housers, it might've been just somebody who was writing on GTA where they were talking about how difficult it is to make a modern GTA, especially post the Trump era, where it's like for a, a, a franchise that is a satire of America and a satire of, you know, um, the American dream, a satire of masculinity, like for a game that comments on a lot of these things in a satirical way, how the fuck do you satirize um, today? When already you look at the news, already you look at Twitter, already you look at the government and it's like, Oh, this is already a self like this is already goofy. This is already a satire of itself. How do we take this and turn it into something either entertaining or something that's even more satirical? And I think maybe the way you do it is by 
leveling up the writing and going, hey, let's just lean into being a little bit more authentic this time around and treating GTA as something that could be a little bit more uh, mature in a storytelling and writing. And I think that then le uh, um, leads into where they're going for or what they're going for with the protagonists. Two, two protagonists, one male, one female, Bonnie and Clyde situation. The female protagonist we know is Latina. I don't, we don't know much about the male protagonist, but if you're gonna have a, a Latina lead in GTA, I do think that you do have to step back a little bit and go, cool, how do we do this in a way that feels authentic, real, and not punching down in the way that um, they, they mentioned in the article? Yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I got a lot of hopes and fears for this Latina lead. One, I, I am not surprised that they are going with, like, having their first, like, female, like, lead protagonist. I feel like looking back at all the other GTAs, it's a little surprising that they hadn't done that yet, just from the amount of things they've done. Mm -hmm. um, so that's not too much of a surprise to me. Um, it's cool to see, like, it's, it's nice to have that as an option. It's someone that, you know, traditionally, a woman playing games, there's not a lot of times that you play as a lead woman. So that's cool. Um, I am a little nervous that they're going to do the classic, like, super tired trope, Hollywood does this, games does this, of, like, out of nowhere, it's like you're just having a regular, regular conversation, and it's like they just throw in some Spanish words that no one would ever use ever just to be like, oh, hey, sure. this sure. is a Latina oh, yeah. character, like, yeah. you know, what's up? And it's always like, uh, I tweeted about this, and I've tweeted about it many times and talked about it on content many times, but it's always too, like, just the seven <laughs> words that an average English speaker might already know, where it's like, what's up, amigos? Like, this is what, it's like, uh, it's just so stilted and dry and awkward. And I don't know why studios keep doing this. I have no idea what goes on behind the scenes on why this keeps happening, but I hope they don't do that this time. Uh, again, I have nothing against having, um, you know, a Latina or Latina character speak Spanish. I think that's totally, makes sense and I, i'd be a little surprised if they didn't have moments of this character speaking spanish given just the fact of how like common the language is given the location like given just kind of all of yeah what we can kind of assume but i would hope that there's something like i would love to see some full voice lines in spanish if you want to bring in a sp like a spanish scene that would be cool we just subtitle it they got like, that they would gotta be... do that i hope like, they, so they but, have like... to treat it well I, yeah, and like, I just, oh, so many just like I've seen so many L, I've taken so many L's here and, and I kind of just grin and bear it but I hope and that's the thing is I'm right there with you because we've I mean, it's not even you don't have to go back that long to look at L's right look at the book from uh uh from what's it called it takes two from it takes two yeah that yeah. was the biggest like Hispanic stereotype of a character so much so that like me and my friend Yami who we were playing together every single time that character would pop on, on screen we're like is this for real? Like, is this is this serious? And at the end of the day, we still love that game. But like every single time that book, uh, Doctor, I always forget his name. It's Doctor something. Doctor Hakim, right? Doctor Hakim. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every single time Doctor Hakim will pop on screen, I'd be like, Oh, really? Is this? I don't know how doing? that got. <laughs> I want to know how that how that got out there, and no one was like, Hey, is this racist? And it's and I find it interesting too. There's been so many conversations around the game, and I like that game too. Like, I think it's a really incredible platformer but i'm like i feel like not enough people talk about the fact that this game's a little bit racist but yeah like i i don't know um it's funny seeing in the chat too someone said like no one's gonna mess with this puta like i could totally see them writing <laughs> that that's so bad um but i hope they don't like that's what i would love to see in terms of the um ways they play with linguistics with this character like i would just love to see something a little bit more thoughtful and authentic and you know just to hopefully avoid the pitfalls I think we've seen from a lot of characters. And there's been a lot of conversation around 
different Latin Latina characters across like gaming having this trope and like why we think it's not that good. And I don't know why it keeps happening, but hopefully not this yeah. time. Maybe this time will be different. And I would hope that with the changes that they've been making at Rockstar, you look through all, you th look through the, the laundry list, you read through the the um, Bloomberg article from Jason Schreier, and they have made a lot of changes at Rockstar. You know, and it, uh, this stuff makes me happy. It's like the equivalent of seeing a friend who's like, oh man, this guy isn't doing well, but then like, you know, months later he's like, oh yeah, I started going to, <laughs> I started going to AA, or like I'm scared, I'm getting my life together. That's that's how I feel right now with Rockstar, where it's like, man, I love you, Rockstar. Like you're one of my favorite studios, but goddamn, you got to get your shit together. And it seems like they're getting their shit together. I don't think that part of that process is, all right, let's get the right writers on this uh, on this project. You know, I would think that the way you come down on who like what your main who your main characters are for this game is. I'm sure for Rockstar and for how big GTA is, it is, we know we're going to make another GTA game. Where do we set that next GTA game? We know Vice City is a fan favorite location that we've not been to uh, in a while. So let's do Vice City. How do we capture Miami well? Well, what does the population of Miami look like? Okay, there's a big Latina population in Miami. Let's make one of the, and we've not done a, fem a female protagonist before. Let's do that. Let's make them uh, Latina. And let's do this authentically in a way that serves that well. It's video games, it's, you know, big production, so who knows how that actually comes down. But I look at this and I'm like, okay, I think they're making a lot of the right choices. Let's hope they stick the landing. Yeah, I think too, like, you know, I've mentioned a lot of, I guess, the more negative aspects of this. I obviously don't want to downplay that. I'm, I'm excited for the next GTA. Historically, the GTA games have been freaking incredible. And while I haven't played all of them, I've played a lot of them. And there's some of, like my most vivid memories in gaming um even just like playing the ones on on the psp i spent a lot of time doing that like i hit liberty city stories super hard mm -hmm. um and i you know i think historically too we were one of the ones that uh enjoyed even the collection that dropped i mean obviously we were critical of the issues it had but we're like i mean some of this they're they're still fun to be had here because we remember having that fun originally um that being said i i know it's like people kind of point this out like oh i don't know who cares about this but the more interior locations than any gta game previously that's dope to me because i like that i really like the sim elements of games like this of being able to like walk around and walk into places and check stuff out and and explore how much stuff i can interact with so the idea of like while they are saying they're only starting and again this is still just reports but that they're only starting with one city and then expanding over time but that's going to have all these interior locations like I'm hyped that's as fuck for these interior locations. As, as somebody who plays a lot of GTA Online, I think that's a thing that they've learned from GTA Online is how much they can do with that open world and with, with that city by just ch taking locations that exist in the game and then creating interiors. T GTA twenty GTA 5, when it launched in 2013, that open world got used a lot over the years. And locations that you probably just drove through when you originally played through the GTA 5 campaign, or dro drove by, I should say, when playing the original GTA 5 campaign, probably now have whole side quests in them probably now are being used for you know bunker missions there are there are, um the casinos and online right apartments um uh, car shows though uh, that map is, is so well utilized in online and i would think that for them that created so many lessons on how deep they can get with the open world the open world doesn't have to be just wide it doesn't have to be vast or only vast right it can get deep you can uh you can use all these different buildings you can create all these different opportunities for different for, for different activities that you can do in game uh so that for me is something that excites me i think that those are learnings for from gta online my question for you is how exciting is it that it seems like they're doing vice city i think it's pretty exciting given that it's 
it's a known quantity in the sense that there's fanfare around it. Um, but I'm I'm really just good with any any location that they choose to do. I mean, I think the Vice City element is exciting in the sense that it's a little bit more tangible where you can kind of wrap your head around the kind of things that you can expect and there's nostalgia there versus if they had something that was you know more new like you it'd be just like okay it's cool that's new but you don't have any way to like sort of ground yourself so i think it's nice to have moments of familiarity when you're introducing what is inherently a new product that hopefully takes you know all like you said all the learnings that came before and like what's successful what do people want and how do we you know do this and do this well what about you are you hyped to go back to vice city I, I'm excited, yeah. You know, it, it's been, like I mentioned before, it's been a long time since we've had a GTA game in Vice City, and it feels like it's up next. It was either going to be Vice City or a completely new, new location, and I it seems like we're getting the best of both worlds, you know, because it, it seems like we're starting here, right? We're starting at Vice City, and also, the logo treatment is going to be off the chain. It is going to be GTA 6 with the VI, and then the CE are going to slide out from it. Oh, that's how they're going to do it, 1,000%, and that's going to be a sick logo treatment um but... how do we replace the loading screens the iconic loading screens now that there's no loading time because of the power of the ssd processor some things i'm, I'm fine some... with dying <laughs> I, I, we don't need to have the iconic loading screens if, that was if such the a good SSD time though in there. but also it's gta they'll find a way to, to make oh, it load uh to make long load times because that's just what the franchise is uh but yeah the fact that we're starting at vice city and then expanding out into different cities over time that's also exciting and that is that is, that's a, a big undertaking, right? Like that is, that, that's gonna take a lot of work. I, I don't know if we've seen much of something like that before outside of like maybe MMOs and, and things like that. For a game like this, that does start off as this single player thing, theoretically, unless they go all in on multiplayer, which isn't beyond the realm of possibility. Um, I'm very curious to see how they make this work. And like I, I don't want to invoke the idea of single player story expansion because GTA Five has taught me to not expect that, but you do have opportunities with that as well. You know, you can, those will very obviously be used for online. But if you make a new city that you're adding on, why not throw a quick single player campaign in there? Um, like I don't, I, it's tough for me to, it's tough for me to imagine that they add add in these new areas and not then um, loop in the folks that are just there for the single player, but who knows with that one it's intimidating really quick before you move on to think about like living in this game for like a long time though because it's like okay well i have like all the base of the single city then adding more locations over time you know you made that mmo comparison it's like am i is this gonna be my life now when this game drops yeah, i don't GTA know Online. but i'm excited to check it out um even though i still have not checked out gta 5 because i well it's not lying until i give up so i haven't given up yet i think it's still installed We'll, we'll, on my we'll playstation get you five soon yeah yeah there's there'll be a dead time maybe sometime yeah and then at, at least two years away like cool yeah, I got I time. anyway i definitely we got, got time. time i'm I'm not in a rush for gta 6 even though i know the world is but two years away it probably sounds at least two years away sounds about uh, larger than, than what i expected that would be sooner than i necessarily thought like i'm exactly. definitely going on the long i'm picking the later date on all these so if they if it drops in 2024 i that'd be a little surprised like that feels soon to me you know yeah We'll see. Story number two, another Jason Schreier report. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake has been delayed indefinitely. This is Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. A highly anticipated new Star Wars game is in serious trouble, according to people familiar with the project. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, a remake of a 2003 role-playing game, is, is delayed indefinitely as developers at Austin, Texas-based Aspire Media try to figure out what comes next. Aspire also abruptly fired a game's art director, sorry, the game's art director and design director this month. 
In a series of meetings throughout July, uh, Aspire's two studio heads told employees that the project is on pause and that the company will look for new contracts and development opportunities, said the people who are not authorized to speak publicly about the situation. The game was announced last September and has been in development for nearly three years at Aspire. On June 30th, Aspire finalized a ver vertical slice of the game to show off to, to production partners Lucasfilm and Sony. The developers were excited about it and felt like they were on track, according to a person familiar with the project, so they were shocked by what happened next. The following week, the company fired design director Brad Prince and art director Jason Miner. Neither responded to requests for comment, but Miner suggested on social media that his dismissal was unexpected. Aspire's studio heads told staff that the vertical slice wasn't where they wanted it to be and that the project would be paused, according to two people who were in the meeting. One person familiar with the discussions suggested that a disproportionate amount of time and money had gone into the demo and that the project's current course wasn't sustainable. Another point of contention may be the timeline. At the outset of development, Aspire told staff and partners it would release the game by the end of 2022, according to two people familiar with production. Developers said a more realistic target now would be 2025. Janet, react. I this is this is pretty wild. Um, yeah. I think in that you see like it's a little surprising to see an indefinite delay to. And again, this is like you know technically reported, so it's it's not like they announced that publicly. But to see that for a remake, just because again, obviously they seem like they want to put a lot of like care and time into this remake, and it's such a beloved game like people talk about this game like it's like it changed like like i have friends where like this game changed like their life like you know what i mean they were like oh my god like when i played this like this was the game that like made me realize what like game writing could be and then it had this when this moment happened like uh, there's so much fanfare around this and there was so much excitement for this announcement that obviously you want to get this out and get this out in to do it justice um but to hear that it's delayed indefinitely is is pretty shocking and that it's a it's a remake so there's elements of known quantity there and and kind of a an element of replication and the thought of it having such a a struggle it's like i want to know what that vertical slice looked like where it's like i want and i'm also i'm curious to one thing that stands out to me is like how the gap is so big across i guess different people involved in the project just from this report where there's like hey we have this slice we thought it was wavy they were like this isn't wavy at all you know other people saying like this is the timeline others saying that it, it would take years more people getting like fired in a way that feels unexpected like it it feels like there's so many different i guess perceptions on what how this project is going and what this project requires to be successful that mm -hmm. It, it sounds like a, a, an element of disorganization, and that's not to slight the studio or the people working there, but clearly there's not everyone is on the same page here, whether it's in terms of how this project needs to be done or in terms of how the project is currently going. So, um, yeah, it, it is shocking to hear that this is kind of hitting that indefinite delay. But what about you? What was your reaction to seeing this? So this story is so rough and so wild, like you say, right? Like the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, we got a vertical slice. Oh, man, we're feeling good about it. They show it to PlayStation and Lucasfilm and they're like, no, like this is not the game. I think for me, that comes back to a couple of things. When this game was first announced and shown off at, it was, if you remember, it was the PlayStation, um, I always forget, PlayStation Showcase, PlayStation Presentation, you know, the big one they do in September. This sure. was shown off at the big fall sh showcase and that trailer made it feel and seem like it was going to be this big thing oh shit especially especially when it's at a playstation showcase right it's like oh shit triple a uh, knights of the old republic remake we know it's a remake but even though it's a remake it's probably going to be like 
fucking Final Fantasy VII remake level or Resident Evil 2 remake level and you have an idea of what that is and what that looks like and what a PlayStation would expect from that, what a Lucasfilm would expect from that. But you look at Aspire as a studio and Aspire is not that studio, you know? And this isn't this is like to, to slight Aspire or throw shade at Aspire, but Aspire up till now has been this porthouse. You know, they've ported a lot of Star Wars games, uh, uh, but those have typically been these older games that have been ported from, you know, PS2, N64 into PS4, PS5, or Switch. You know, I look at their catalog, and it is the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic uh, port for Switch. It is Star Wars Force Unleashed, the port for Switch. Uh, KOTOR 2 uh, for multiple platforms. Uh, Star Wars Republic Commando for PS4 and Switch. Star Wars Racer, which I played on PS4, and I liked the port a lot, but... It wasn't a remake, right? It was barely a remaster. It was just a port, you know, for the most part. Um, and like, I think their their most interesting thing here is Myth Force being a game that they published from an even smaller developer. They're not known for making these big new games, especially a big AAA uh, remake of a game that is beloved and a game that you would promote as a big PlayStation title. Um, and so I do wonder, to your point, what the disconnect was. Maybe if maybe. Aspire had a different idea of what excellence looked like to them compared to what a PlayStation and a Lucasfilm view excellence to be as to them, right? Like, for a Knights of the Old Republic, that shit has to be a banger because that that has to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with things like Jedi Survivor and the AAA Star Wars games that we're going to be getting in the future. And if Aspire doesn't hit that, then I for them, I think for Lucasfilm and PlayStation, they're like, okay, cool, cut. Like, we're not doing this. We're giving this to somebody else, uh, yeah, which is unfortunate for Aspire, but... I'm surprised that I'm surprised that this project got greenlit in the first place, if I'm being honest. The development, um, as far as development goes and development stories, this is like the wildest thing I've heard since like what happened with Metroid, where they also were like, we looked at it and we were like, nah. And then they just started over. I was like, what was there that like, you know, it was that level where it's like, it's not just you need to go do it again. It's you're no longer doing it. Um, so yeah, like I mean, I wasn't necessarily expecting this to be when I when I heard and saw this. And granted, again, I didn't I didn't actually play the original, so I don't have a, a comparison point in that sense. But mm. like, I wasn't necessarily thinking that it would be um, FF seven or RE two level. Um, but I did think it'd be you know it, to your point, kind of how Demon Souls was, where that was like a marquee big moment, even though it wasn't like reinventing the feel of that game it was trying to like replicate and make it look better and and a few other elements there um but even that being said yeah i just i i'm surprised that that the gap was so big um so it's, you know right now it's reported as indefinite delay do you think when do you think we hear about what's going on with this game and do you think it we still get this game or do you think it's going to get shelved like what is your and also how does this change like your excitement for this are you still looking forward to playing it or are you now like a little bit more tentative um, in terms of excitement, you know, like I'm very much all I, I'm not excited in the sense that for me, this game just doesn't exist anymore. And when it reemerges, it is announced with a new developer, then I'll choose whether or not to get excited again. But in terms of, you know, when when we get confirmation of this, they have to speak out soon. The Jason Schreier report is out. People are going to people are worrying and people are going to continue to worry. And if if um, Aspire isn't working on it, then I think that's an easy announcement to make. Hey, we're we're Lucasfilm and um, Aspire is no longer working on this game. We're giving it to a new developer. Maybe it is them figuring out who the new developer is. Um, I need to double check, but I I saw somewhere that um, Saber Interactive uh, could be on track to take over. Let me know in kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if that is a thing that uh, is floating out out there. Um, but I would think that, yeah, when they find the new developer, that's when they come out and say it. Um, and that said, 
in terms of when we get it, yeah, we're not going to get this till 2025, 2026 at the earliest. Um, and so I'll see yeah. you there. I'll I'll see you there. Uh, I do want to bring in a question from Cozy Bear, who writes into patreoncom games just like you can, and says, according to a report from Jason Schreier, the current Kotor remake from Aspire Media is currently on hiatus, following internal turmoil at the studio. And Saber Interactive could be on track to eventually be, uh, take over the project. Oh, maybe that's where I read it. <laughs> uh, Saber Interactive could very well end up uh, doing a solid job on the remake if this comes to pass, but. If you could choose to have the project rebooted at a studio of your choosing uh, that isn't Bioware, which would you choose? Janet, you work I mean, at PlayStation and or Lucasfilm, and it is your job to figure out who to give this project to. Who do you give it to? I mean, I feel like everyone's going to say Bluepoint because Bluepoint's so known for making remakes, but um, but they also have something else going on. They have like another beloved game that isn't this game because this happened after they were like, we're working on a beloved game and a new thing. Mm. Um, gosh, I... I don't know. Who would I give this to? Um, yeah, other than the blue point's the first one that comes to mind. But again, I don't think that's necessarily the right pick or makes sense. Um, I'm not sure who I would want to do a, a game of this style. What about you? Does anyone come to mind for you? Yeah, a couple come to mind. And realistically, this wouldn't happen because the nature of this is a PlayStation first party game. And also these studios are also working on things. But Obsidian is the first that comes to mind if I'm being purely hypothetical about it. Uh, they've they made one of the KOTORs, um, uh, kind of funny how comps that you're wrong. I'm pretty sure they made one of the KOTORs. And so, like, they already know what that franchise looks like. And then also, they're just good-ass developers when it comes to making uh, RPGs of this nature. And so I would love to see them try it. I would also like to see Bethesda try it. Um, again, purely hypothetical, because they're not going to do it. They're already working on multiple games. Um, but I think they would knock a game like this out of the park. Uh, a, weird, a weird one I'll throw out there. Um, and this would be less of a remake, more of a reimagining. But I feel like a Platinum Games, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> that would be <laughs> Could cool. be really fun. Could be really I mean, interesting. It could do anything, right? But it's like, yeah, when you think of Platinum, like a certain yeah. energy comes to mind. But that would be super fun. And for um, me, I, it is, for, I, I come up with Platinum mainly from the premise of not even make a KOTOR. Make a, if you're making a lightsaber Star Wars RPG, who could you give it to that would make that shit pop? And platinum with their combat already i'm like oh man that would actually be pretty fun but then also they've made rpgs right like near automata is a jrpg uh, well it's an action rpg um and it has the systems there for leveling up it has such a good story and i think a platinum star wars game uh, could be off the chain yeah that would that would be cool shout out to chat for like i feel <laughs> like light shade the chat i feel like naming just any studio that they can which is why i'm like I, you know what i'm not sure instead of just naming any studio you can think of someone's like sony santa monica why <laughs> doesn't <laughs> like someone put like bend in there bloober in there i'm like you guys God. are just naming studios that you've heard of. um but yeah i mean i i'm i'll be interested to see where this ends up going next um I guess one thing I will say that's like light positive out of this dark news is at least they like decided to. And again, I don't know who's right in this scenario, right? Like I'm not seeing the game. I don't have any opinion or assessment on the actual vertical slices they made and whether or not that slice was good, nor am I a developer. So you could argue I wouldn't be able to assess it on a development level anyway. Um, but I at least am glad that if people are saying that this isn't working, whether it's the timeline or just the content itself or a combination of the two, that they are making adjustments and not just trying to rush something out just to get it out because they said they'd get it out. So mm. um, it is a painful thing to have to do. And it's like pretty awkward. Um, as, you know, Nintendo fan who saw this happen with Metroid. But ultimately, like the hope is that it is for the better for, you know, both the product and also the studio making it. 
Janet, I want to talk a little bit more about some PlayStation games, but before we get there, I want to people out I want to let people out there know about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Are people still trying to make plans with you this summer as if you aren't booked and busy already? You're just gonna have to tell them to try again in the fall. You've got pool days, pride parades, bachelor parties, and beach vacations waiting for you because when you're living your best life, the last thing you want to worry about is butt sweat. I'm Greg Miller and my butt never sweats because I wear MeUndies. You've heard it a million times. I like MeUndies so much from the first pair. I bought a whole bunch more and threw away the rest of my underwear. They're the best. MeUndies has the lightest, most breathable fabrics to keep you cool and comfortable wherever you go. From undies to bra to socks, to loungewear, to swimwear, you can find something for all your plans. MeUndies also releases new prints all the time, like their limited edition Pride collection. Find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small to 4XL. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off. For a limited time, if you sign up for their free-to-join MeUndies membership, you get 25% off your first membership item. To get 15% off your first order, 25% off your first membership item, and 100% satisfaction guaranteed, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kind of funny. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days earlier with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is about more than just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KFGames. That's Chime.com slash KFGames. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancor Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on your pay. Story number three, Janet. Uh, PS Plus games have uh, been confirmed for August. Uh, usually this wouldn't be a new story. Usually I'll just keep this for uh, new dates or deals of the day. But this does come with a fun question. Uh, it was announced by PlayStation that in August we're getting for P PS Plus uh, Essential, the lowest tier. We're getting Yakuza Like a Dragon, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2, and Little Nightmares, which is an excellent lineup. Now that yeah. leads in to Jake Bakes Cake's question, who uh, they wrote into Patreon.com, so it's kind of funny games like you can, and says... Once again, the PS Plus games leaked. And I should also clarify, they did leak. And this was originally a story about a leak. But then PlayStation, uh, shortly after I put the story in here, went from the damn games. Those Thanks for bastards. making more work for me, PlayStation. Those bastards. Let me report the leak. All right? Let me, let me leak your little secrets, PlayStation. Um, the PS Plus games have leaked. Uh, it looks like our August lineup is Tony Hawk, Yakuza, and Little Nightmares. In my humble opinion... I think this is great. I'm happy to see PlayStation Plus Essential remain a quality offer to consumers, but it does make me wonder, does this dilute the financial potential for extra or premium for PlayStation? If you add these three games to the, to the next mid-month update, it is quite an exciting lineup. Instead, I get to pay the cheapest price uh, and get what is arguably going to be the most exciting games. I'm not complaining, but it's an interesting choice on PlayStation's end. What do you all think? Love, uh, love all that you do. Love Next Gen Wednesdays. Janet, me and you, the next gen, get to decide. Is this a good move for PlayStation to put these bangers on PS Plus Essential, the lowest tier? I would say yes. Um, I think especially this early on into um, how I refer to the rebrand, PlayStation Plus Plus, because the name, the real name is not that much less ridiculous, um, with Essential, Extra, and Premium. Yes? Okay. Yes. Um, I think, yeah, you still want good games on there. I, I also, like, I don't think 
when we talk about like the comparison point of Xbox games with gold and Game Pass and how eventually like games with gold used to be wavier and now it doesn't really have the heat like that, but it's fine because they got the heat on Game Pass. Again, totally different setup and also a different timeline for that. That wasn't an instantaneous moment. Like mm. it took time for game for Xbox to sort of create that kind of gap between those two and then also to create like a somewhat solution to that with uh you know xbox with the game pass ultimate where it kind of bundles everything together anyway so most people a lot of people tend to just lean on that um playstation is totally different because it has three tiers they're all doing different things and kind of have different themes i do think um there is some and you know you me and, and barrett and everybody's have kind of talked about the what goes where and making that make sense and making it feel clear to me that's the bigger hurdle than like worrying about making playstation essential too wavy um i think you want people on playstation essential you want people to be happy i think the way to get people to move up in tiers is to make those tiers appealing not to make the worst tier unappealing um especially because again there's a lot of different players that maybe come to this for different reasons i imagine a lot of people have playstation plus just for like the online you know elements of it and things but there's also people that are excited about those games and giving them wins is good because especially with PlayStation extra you still get playstation essential bundled into that you know they're like related tiers like most services are so yeah like i love seeing a good lineup i think over time we might see that dilution happen but i also don't think that's necessarily on purpose to get people to go to the higher tier i think just you can only put certain things in certain places and at a certain point maybe essential not every not every banger roast essential or something you know i'm not sure how they decide what goes where but yeah like i love seeing a good lineup on playstation plus essential and this is one of the better lineups that i've seen at least for my personal taste because again some of y'all may think i know little nightmares is whack or something but for me i see look at all these games and i think they're all bangers yeah, I agree that this is a, a banger lineup. And the way I view this, I view this as phase one of this new version of PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Plus Plus, and PlayStation Plus Plus Plus. Uh, I I think we're still they're still figuring things out in terms of how to make every tier feel like they're popping. And I, for when I look at Game Pass and Games with Gold and the the term we've had where Games with Gold month for month is getting straight up garbo, uh, not, not to put it lightly, that I don't think that was a flip of the switch. You know, like maybe this is another kind of funny comments that you're wrong if you can go and confirm when Game Pass was first announced and what Games with Gold looked like those first few months, that first year, those first couple of years. I don't remember it being like Game Pass exists and now all of a sudden Games with Gold fucking sucks out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I would think that that, that would have been a, a slow burn. And I think I, re- I remember it as more of a, a slow burn of all of a sudden, oh, shit, Games with Gold does not matter anymore because Game Pass is where it's at. For PlayStation, it is all still under that same umbrella of PlayStation Plus, And I do think they want to um, promote everything equally. And, of course, I think PlayStation Plus Extra is the one that they view as the ideal. And uh, they're proving me wrong a little bit with, with premium because they're adding things like Yakuza. But also that then leads into the confusion that we'll talk about in a second. Um but yeah, like keep giving us bangers for PlayStation Plus Essential, right? Get people in at the at the ground level to then look at extra and then go, oh, Stray is on here. Oh, you know, XYZ game that just came out, Little Devil Inside, whatever games they end up announcing in the future are on here. Yeah, let me move up to PlayStation Plus Extra because I was going to buy this game anyway. I think that's the methodology behind it. And the more you can get people in at the, at the first level and then ease them into the second level, uh, the better. But speaking of PlayStation Plus, story number four, there's a wrinkle to this whole situation uh eight yakuza games are coming to playstation plus in 2022 starting this month this comes directly from the playstation blog 
The acclaimed Yakuza series, incorporating the Kazuma Kiryu saga and latest entry, Yakuza Like a Dragon, are coming to PlayStation Plus in 2022. Yakuza Like a Dragon joins the PlayStation Plus monthly games lineup in August. PlayStation Plus Extra and PlayStation Plus Premium members can begin Kazuma Kiryu's epic journey through the criminal underworld with Yakuza 0, Yakuza Kiwami, and Yakuza Kiwami 2 when the titles launch as part of the August game catalog lineup. Then later this year, for Extra and Premium members, Kiryu's story concludes with Yakuza 3 Remastered, Yakuza 4 Remastered, Yakuza 5 Remastered, and Yakuza 6 The Song of Life. Here's the thing. That last sentence that I just read contradicts what the PlayStation blog uh, also notes, which is when you scroll down in the article, they have all the games divvied up in their different tiers, right? Yakuza Like a Dragon in August comes to Essential Extra and Premium. Yakuza Zero comes to Extra and Premium. But as you scroll down, it says coming later this year as part of the PS Plus game catalog, Yakuza 3 Remastered says it's in the PlayStation Plus Premium category, just Premium along with Yakuza 4 Remastered, Yakuza 5 Remastered, and, Yakuza, and then Yakuza 6 says Extra and Premium. So there, there's some fuckery going on here, right? They're, they're telling me two different things in this PS blog post. Am I crazy, Janet? Do you see what I'm seeing? Is it, do you mean just that they say blanket statement that it's coming to PlayStation Plus, but then in reality, it's like these different, sec, there's like sectioned yes. off? Is that... So the, in, the, in the sentence, right? Like the, the um, it's, it's somewhere in the middle oh, of the article, but it's okay. on the dock. No, yeah. yeah, later so, this year, for extra and premium members, yes. we're getting Yakuza 3 Remastered, Yakuza 4 Remastered, Yakuza 5 Remastered, and Yakuza 6. Then you scroll down, and that is not the case. Right, the truth is not, like, for extra members, they're not getting all of those games that are listed. That is your beef, right? Yeah, my beef is that okay. they're telling us two different things. My other beef yes. is that, aren't most of these games remakes slash remasters? Like, Yakuza Kiwami and Kiwami 2 are remakes. And those are coming to, hold on, now I got to double check because there's so many of these. Those are coming to Extra and Premium, both those games. So also, what is the, just to clarify, and mm -hmm. also you might not be able to clarify because it's kind of confusing. The pitch for the difference in these tiers is like, do they have like, is there a place that you could pull up for like the official language of what these tiers are? Because I do think they get blurry where they'll put certain remat like they have had remasters or remakes in the extra tier right because that's kind of where it gets muddy yes. right when they have that so do they have official language regarding remakes and remasters we know for a fact obviously the older games like straight up old ports of things are just in the premium tier like premium is kind of thought of as that retro tier do they ever address specifically what they do with remasters and remakes within that initial language because for me that's the that's that's my my beef with it um besides mm -hmm. the fact that yes you you're right for pointing out that it says extra and premium but then the truth is not all of those games will be given to like extra people won't have access to all of those games so they should have worded it differently mm -hmm. but yeah for me the the beef comes in where it's this weird like split across a lot of things and like it's never quite clear where certain like remakes and remasters may be dumped into, whether they'll be put into the um, extra tier or the premium tier. Um, I think it also like in a people might argue against this, but in a weird way, I feel like it, it, it proves that premium doesn't have the sauce on its own. It's like, okay, a remake or a remaster. Sure. But like when it comes to just having like older, get like people aren't showing up for the older games necessarily. That's not as appealing of a buy, even though I know there are people that who are like, Hey, I got premium and I'm like, playing siphon filter again and like hell yeah this is why i bought this but for the most part it does feel like they have to beef it up with these like 
modern games that can be thought of as old because they're technically older, even though they got made new again. So it just gets kind of sloppy, I feel like, is the thing. Um, yeah. But yeah. My, my, my main beef with it is I like uh, it's complicated and they they're not clear about it that's one uh, because you do have remakes appear in both like extra and in premium and remasters appear in, in both as well and the way my the way my head canon works the way my the way i've rationalized it to myself is that uh for the most part remasters that are ps4 remasters and ps4 remakes that of earlier games so like ps3 era ps2 era ps1 era are put into premium the highest tier but then things like demon souls remake for example sure. that is an extra that is not in premium and maybe that's because it's a ps5 remake and they view that as a newer thing that's just my headcanon for it it's, it, it's whose line is it anyway rules right like none of it matters my frustration with it is more so hey port more of your games <laughs> like to, to premium right <clears throat> excuse me like the reason why you have these remasters in here period is because you don't have enough of just the true ports, right? The ape escapes of the world, the games that um, that uh, you're you're taking from your old platforms and putting them on there, right? Like you, that's why you're using these PS4, PS5 remastered versions, putting them on the thing. Um, that's more so my frustration. Ultimately, does it matter that much? Is it the end of the world? No, I'm making a mountain of a molehill, but it's a very annoying molehill that I step on in front of my front door every single time I go outside, and a janitor needs to come through so, and sweep this up. So it's also like a rake, like <laughs> I'm like so it's a rake, you know? Um, it's also but... a rake. Yeah, for me, you know, it's funny, like, looking at this and, and again, trying to kind of constantly have, like, a, a lens of, like, criticism and also assessment for, like, how is the service going? What would you want from it? Honestly, with this whole, because it's like, okay, eight games coming through, but only, you're only definitely going to get all eight if you're at the highest tier, which I don't necessarily inherently have a problem with, but at the same time, it does create a division in a headline that implies unity right oh great eight games coming to ps plus oh but i gotta make sure i have like the right tier to get all mm -hmm. eight of those games again it's not that it's, that's unfair it's just that it's a reminder that if you really don't want to miss out on any of these kind of big through line moments you know even across a single series like the idea of a single series i think being split across two tiers is like a little bit unfortunate um i feel like and what i would think i would love moving forward i kind of just want to see extra and premium combine into one tier and it's just like bucket of games here i mean maybe they don't want to do it because it's too game passy or something but i don't really like the division across the yeah. two for, for specifically for things like this um and again there is some some reason in the sense of what you mentioned remaster versus remake but i'm like just make it like games that don't I don't have to redeem every month tier and then the games I redeem every month tier. And let's yes. just walk away after that. 1000% I agree with that. Story number five, speaking of PlayStation, Sony is loaning out PS5s to indie developers. This is Hiram Cryer at Games Radar. Sony is loaning out PS5 consoles to indie developers as part of a new initiative. Announced yesterday on the Sony Interactive Entertainment website was the PlayStation Indies Development Hardware Loan Program. This program aims to put PS5 development kits in independent developers in developers' hands. Newly licensed PlayStation game publishers and developers can apply for a PS5 console under the new system. In fact, they'll get two PS5 consoles through the new scheme, one development kit version, and another testing version of the new gen console. However, this is all subject to PlayStation overlooking and approving each application. The reveal of the new initiative on Sony's corporate website doesn't detail who will and won't be eligible uh, for the new scheme, so it's a little difficult to gauge unless you're already registered with Sony as a publisher or developer.
Additionally, it's unclear how long developers will be granted these two PS PS5 testing kits. The announcement from Sony makes it clear that this is a loan program, so the PS5 consoles aren't available to keep for developers, but it should still help lower the barrier to entry for new independent publishers and developers getting their games on PlayStation's new-gen machine. And Janet, this feels like a, a good step forward for what I feel like a lot of conversation we've had on PSW has been regarding indie games and how indie developers have complained in the past about how difficult it is to publish games on PlayStation. Uh, this seems like a step forward. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's also maybe in some senses a little surprising that they didn't have something that's already set up, but I also don't know off the top of my head how common that kind of program is and what sort of is the industry standard. And if there's not one, what the ideal industry standard would be that both satisfies giving access to developers and also, of, of course, accounts for, I'm sure they have people that do try to like take advantage of stuff like this, though I think those, I assume those are kind of more few and far between just because it seems like a lot of work to try to scam your way into it. But, you know, people are always going to be scamming out there as long as the world exists and, and money's a thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I like the idea of them doing this and also just kind of having active initiatives that are directed at any developers to try to create um, that ecosystem, but also empower developers to create on their platform. So yeah, hopefully we hear more about these things and that they continue to maybe reassess and fine tune the ways that they have programming for those developers. Uh, and then final news story, story number six is a fun one. A fan is remastering the Simpsons hit and run. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. And Kevin, I have a video in the in the doc if you're able to, to pull it up as I read through it because it helps visualize some of what this remaster, or sorry, remake looks like. Or yeah, no, never mind, it says remaster. Uh, a dedicated fan is creating a remaster mod for the Simpsons hit and run while also hand drawing every cutscene for the game in the classic Simpsons style. El Gato Del Tejado on YouTube uploaded a video showing their progress uh, so far, which includes the complications that occur when remastering a near two-decade-old game by yourself. One of these issues occurred as El Gato Del Tejado uh, began work on hit-and-run cutscenes, uh, which are depicted in 3D in the original 2003 version. Quote, I would love to see the cutscenes of Hit and Run with current 3D technology like the Crash Bandicoot remake or Battle for B Bikini Bottom, they said in a video. They continue, quote, I don't have much experience in 3D animation, so better to choose 2D, end quote. Instead of being in 3D like the original game, the remaster mod will, will therefore have a cutscene style more akin to the Simpsons cartoon. However, outside of the cutscenes, El Gato del Tejado is updating the original 3D look of the game. Uh, this is one shout out to Roger. Roger dropped this in the in the um, uh, KFGD Slack that we have at work. And uh, as I scrolled through the video, I was like, "Holy shit, this is pretty cool!" You know, like you, if you're a fan of Simpsons Hit and Run, you probably remember those 3D cutscenes. And like they they did their damn thing in the time. But you look back at them and it's like, ooh, man, this isn't pretty. Um, but you look at the 2D cutscenes, the 2D recreations, and the fact that they look just like the Simpsons cartoon, I think is really cool and really inspired. This is incredible. Yeah, yeah, like, chat to this. I'm all in. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Do you think you're gonna check this out, Kevin? Is this something that, that honestly, would be up your alley? if this is if this is something that's an option, I'm gonna get it and try to like set it up for Cool Greg to be able to play it. Oh yeah, cool I Greg think would love he this. would 100 percent this if it, it was the an option 
Hell yeah. It does look really good. It looks like it's, it really does look like it's straight from the show, which is, I think, very impressive to be able to pull off. Um, and also, like, yeah, Simpsons Hit and Run is is a banger. Like, that game's awesome. Oh, that, was, what, that was a dope game. I have, I haven't played it in a long time. I do have a copy of it, because um, I think that was, like, one of Maggie's favorite games or something, or, like, some, there was some reason that we rebought it specifically. Um, mm. But, yeah, that one, th- that's super fun. Like, I love, uh, we don't, get, I feel like, get as many driving games that aren't about racing specifically um while like hit and run had like that i mean it there's racing elements obviously but like it had that more it was about like the chaos of it all um yeah it was an awesome game so oh, cool yeah. to see someone doing this and it's always cool to see i think people that just clearly have a really uh strong passion for what for like a, a project that they just care about they're like i'm doing this because i want to do it and i, I want to do it well and these are all my ideas and how i'm like taking time and, and really thinking about it so yeah, yeah shout really, out to that really hope disney doesn't sue them yeah, that's the other thing. Is like, man, I hope, yeah. I hope yeah, no, uh, no. they stay safe out there. It's There's no like way this is getting out the door, but like, it's cool. It's not like it's a Nintendo game. Nintendo are the ones Shout that'll out to your art, but... your pants off. But like, I feel like for the most part, well, maybe not for the most part, a lot of other companies tend not to care or they look the other way. Um, Simpsons didn't run. We'll have to wait and see how, how uh, Disney treats it. But yeah, no, this is a really cool thing. And yeah, Simpsons didn't run uh, is a really fun game. I actually went back and I played a little bit of uh, Simpsons... The other one, Simpsons Road, Road Rage. Rage, which yeah. I think was I conflating the two. Is hit like what is the differential between Hit and Run and Road Rage? Because I played both of them. Road Rage I mix is, them up in my mind. Road Rage is Crazy Taxi, so you're going through okay. and you're picking people up and putting them in the car and then delivering to their destination. Uh, hit, hit and Run was more GTA clone like, where it is you're driving around in open okay. world. Okay, I think I was referencing the Crazy Taxi one, the Road Rage. Gotcha. I mean, but both of them have crazy both ass driving in them, and they're both. And very I think fun. I had both of them, but anyway, this is cool. Yeah, hell yeah, uh, Janet. I can't wait to one day check out the Simpsons hit and run remaster, but the finishing of the development of this one is so far away. If I wanted to come out to mom and shops today, where'd I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Octopath Traveler Champions of the Continent for mobile, Train Valley Console Edition for Switch, PS4, and Xbox One, Voltage High Society for PC, Caragon Prelude is now available on Steam, and then Multiverse's Open Beta is available right now. Uh, we got one new date for you. The Excavation of Hobbs Barrow has been announced and will release for PC, Mac, and Linux in 2022. We got one new deal, uh, one deal of the day for you. Uh, a Janet favorite, Before Your Eyes, is on Steam right now for $4. Uh, you can get that uh, yeah. on Man Gaming. Uh, it is playable on the deck, and also it's on Netflix, apparently, according to Wario64. Yep. It just got ported to Netflix. So there you go. Hell yeah. Now it's time for counterfunny.com slash you're wrong. That's where you write in. Let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. So we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash counterfunnygames and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Let me tell you, I'm trying to open this leak. I'm getting a black page. Oh, refreshed. Here we go. Uh, Kebab says, I classify the Hit and Run project as a remake, and I'm tired of people using it and remaster interchangeably like they mean the same thing. Not a knock on Bless, uh, but on the original reporting. Uh, Kebab's I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it not being a knock on me. Here's what I'll say. As somebody who talks about video games every single every single day on a platform, remake and remaster as you go are getting more and more interchangeable in a way that even for me is frustrating because I don't oftentimes know which word to use. Uh, and so like I'll grant some mercy to people who are trying to figure out the remake and remaster nomenclature because a lot of different games are coming out now and it's like, cool, Live Lives a remake. 
Shadow Colossus remake, Mass Effect. Ah, uh, it's a remaster, but like they remade the assets. GTA uh, trilogy collection, whatever. Ah, uh, that's it's a remaster, but it's also a remake. It gets weird. It gets weird the more we list games, and so that's where I stand on it. Tomorrow's yeah. sales for kind of funny games daily go like this. It is me and Mike. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is an epic game sponsored stream with Nick, Andy, and Mike. Kevin, by any chance, do you know what they're playing? Oh, yeah, they're going to play that one game, multi-something. Oh, multiverses? I think so. Multiverses? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, stay tuned for that. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to YouTube.com slash plays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the server level of Patreon.com slash games. so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time. Game Daily.